listening to the Simply 127 podcast, an entire podcast devoted to all things James 127. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Fentress, and I'm so excited that you've decided to join us today. Welcome to the Simply 127 podcast. Today I'm here with my friend Laura Steele, whose entire family is tangibly living out James 127. In this episode, she'll tell about her journey in foster care and adoption. She'll address fears many people have about becoming foster families, and she'll provide encouragement and resources for those interested in serving orphans through the foster care system. Thanks for coming, Laura. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's just jump right in. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, what you love to do? Etc. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I am married to Matt Steele. We have been married this May. will be 25 years. Wow. Yep. Pretty exciting. Awesome. God's grace right there. <laughs> um, we're super different. And we have six kids. Grace is 21. Patrick is 18. Ethan is 16. Quentin is 12. Matthew is 10. And Susanna is nine. <laughs> I do have that written down. <laughs> you had to check your resources. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me their birth dates. <laughs> awesome. So what else is going on? Oh, it sounds like that's a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we homeschool them. Um, I stay home and homeschool them. We're involved with an organization called Safe Families for Children, which mm-hmm. has... Um, it's rooted in our story of um, orphan care. And so we work with them and homeschool our kids. Awesome. So the uh, one of the points of the podcast is to help people figure out ways they can tangibly live out James 127. And so I know, obviously, before I met you, God was already stirring your heart towards orphan care. So I was hoping you could just kind of take us back to when you first felt like God was stirring your heart towards the vulnerable. Yeah, so we, um, you know, there are some of those people who say, I've, I've wanted to adopt since I was a young girl. And so we're not those people. <laughs> we had actually never, I'd actually never met someone who'd been adopted and growing up. And so, you know, years ago, it wasn't as common as it is today. And so we were bumping along in our life. We had three biological kids doing our thing. I worked at a church. Um, Matt was in seminary and, and worked full time. And um, we had, I think, the the first kind of eye-opening experience was when we just had a family event with one of Matt's cousins who was currently fostering two little boys. And so we had, we'd never even been around foster kids and we had no idea of the need. And so that little family event kind of sparked something in us recognizing the need for someone to take these children the the numbers um we were in texas at that time were staggering and heartbreaking and so i feel like the lord kind of started stirring us there was it kind of simultaneously or were you dragging matt along or was he dragging you along um so i love children i've always in some way or another i was currently like on staff at our church in the children's ministry area i've always My first job was a babysitter. And so I've always worked with children. So I feel like it was a little more my bent than his and maybe a little more my heart in the beginning than his. And so that was just kind of our first like moment um, and even just exposure to the need. And then a few months later, through some of Matt's seminary classes and even just studying God's word more 
um, in a deeper way. We felt like the Lord was just revealing the need and the the need for us to be obedient in that area and us knowing that we actually could be. So we started making some kind of radical changes in our family. And we decided that we would pull our kids out of public school. I would stay home. I was working at, at the church at the time. I would start homeschooling the kids, which while I was home would give us a great opportunity to foster kids in the home also. Mm-hmm. So we just made these kind of radical changes. I quit my job. We pulled the kids out of public school. We started homeschooling. We started the foster program hoping to adopt. And then what was the timeline of three kids to six kids? Yeah. So I will tell you, even in that journey too, the Lord kind of changed our desires. I don't know what I was hoping for at the front end of that. But at the beginning, we, our very first foster care meeting, we went to the social worker after she introduced herself said, "Um, here's what I want to tell you. If you came here to adopt a healthy white baby girl, I want you to think again. And I was probably shrunk in my seat a little bit thinking, maybe I did come here to adopt a healthy white baby girl. And so she um, started flashing up these sibling sets um, of, of several different races on the screen. We've got the sibling set of six. We've got a sibling set of three. And we want you to kind of expand your vision of what you could do um, to care for these kids. And this was just CPS foster care meeting. And so we left that meeting and we're like, yes, Lord. High pressure sales. <laughs> you bet. She did a great job. I mean, that had left an impression. So we said, yes, we're, we're in. And so in Texas, we could take six. So we started fostering right away with the goal of adoption, which I will say is, um, is challenging. It was definitely the work of the Lord, changing our hearts to move in this direction, but also changing us during the course of this journey, because you go in, especially if your heart's to adopt, you have to hold all of these situations so loosely because at the end of the day, this could go one of four ways, one of 20 ways. You don't know. Just because you've taken a child in your home does not mean they belong to you. And, and at the end of the day, they, we know they belong to the Lord. So just having to walk in that journey just loosely. And, and we got to the point where, you know, in the beginning, we foolishly said, I think the Lord's doing this. Maybe he's going to let us keep these kids. And then, you know, it didn't take us very long before our, our, our new phrase was, we don't know what the Lord's doing. <laughs> we, we don't know. We, we trust him. We don't know. I don't know if this kid's going to stay here next week. I don't know. Um, so there was, you know, there's a heart change that has to happen because you cannot control this. You are, it is out of your control. The Steele's personal experience with foster care and adoption is such a beautiful picture of James 127. Now let's address fears many people have about fostering and tangible ways we can serve orphans in our communities. I would go ahead and ask you to speak to a common thing we hear about foster care is I could never do that because I would get attached. So what would you say to a mom who says that? Yeah, that is such a great question. And I have people I've we've we've talked to so many people who really feel that way. And I would say, good, (laughs) good. You should get attached because they need somebody who is in their corner loving them and loving them with all you have because maybe they've never seen that. And so I would say good and it's worth it and it's worth it every time. And and we we always go back to the thought of whether this child is in our home for one day or three weeks or four months. Um, the reality for us and the belief for us is that we have planted seeds in the heart of this child for the future. They've seen a loving Christian home and they may never see that again. And so even if they leave our house, we, we just pray that, that the Lord has done a work and, and then we pray 
for their future because now we know their name. Love them as long as you have them and then even after. That's right. That's right. Uh, I'm sure you've learned a few things along the way. But the next question is, what do you wish more people knew maybe that you've learned through the process? Yeah. So not to be discouraging, but to be realistic. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. You know, especially I would say even today where it is a little more popular to adopt kids. It's it's. it's a good thing to do. And so um, I would say not everyone should adopt. We I mean, I think um, Russell Moore in his book Adopted for Life says a line similar to this, you know, everyone, not everyone should adopt, but everyone can be a part of the equation can be a part of the solution. And I, I believe that and so I don't think everyone should adopt because it is very hard. And um, but it's a good, it's a good thing. And the Lord is in it. And um, so, yeah, I think we went in definitely with rose colored glasses and and walked away um, saying, you know, God is good and God is sovereign and we trust him. Um, what would you recommend for someone who is just starting? I call it your justice journey. I think sometimes God just awakens your spirit and then you're, you can't go back once he's awakened your spirit to to see the vulnerable. So what would you recommend to someone like that? Yeah. You know, here's what I would say. We. um Knowing that we wanted to adopt, our first path that we took was foster care. But I would say if you feel the Lord is doing this in you, if he's stirring this in you, research everything. Go um, go online. I mean, we have we have access to amazing ministries who are doing the work already. You don't have to recreate the ministry. It's already being done. Find something at your church. Find something in your community. Ask your friends. Um, get involved. There are so many ways to get involved and be a part of the solution. So I would say run run after a way to be a part of the solution. Yeah. And I know these people will have already heard about 127, but can you talk a little bit about Safe Families, which is another ministry or any other kind of ones that you would recommend for people to do some research? Yeah. So we were um, part of our kind of adoption story is we were involved. um, So we adopted some kids from foster care and then our, our daughter is adopted. Our youngest daughter is adopted through a private adoption. But we've been involved with an organization called Safe Families for Children. They started in Chicago. We've been involved now probably 10 years. And it is an amazing ministry that meets the needs of families in crisis. And usually it's single moms. And it comes in and you can, there's, it, the goal is to be, is to try to keep these children out of foster care. And so we we meet the needs of these parents in their crisis. The crisis might be that mom has no family close by. She's trying to finish up her high school degree, her high school diploma, maybe. And you watch her child for a month while she wraps that up. Or maybe mom's going into um, a um, nursing program and needs to just study for the test for that. I mean, it's usually short term care. But it's a way for the for the Christians to step into this organization and be a part of the solution. And so help help mom. Um, one of the things we do is we help mom focus on goals and 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 we partner with her. We have a coach walking with her to to try to help her achieve her goals. And then we have a family coming alongside her children and loving them and taking them into their home and treating them as their own. And so there's this beautiful circle of support around this mom or or mom and dad who are in crisis that comes and just lifts them up and, and let us help you. 
So it's a beautiful ministry. Um, their website is safe-families.org, and, and it's it's now spread nationwide, and it's in it's in a lot of churches across the nation. So I would definitely recommend. I'll put some links to that, that out. on the right. show notes so right. people can see that. So can you tell us a little bit about how you've seen God's faithfulness through your orphan care justice journey? Yeah, so we have seen the Lord work in amazing ways. There have been small things that we've needed from the very beginning. Our first foster placement, we needed a mattress for for the crib that um, the social worker was going to come to our home the next day to inspect our home. And we needed a crib. We needed a crib mattress. And um, just like a basic need and out of the blue, a crib mattress actually showed up on our front porch. Someone in our lives um, dropped a crib mattress off. No note, but just left it there. And so we I mean, it is it is a marker in my children's life that we drove to church that night. Every I'm crying. My kids think I'm crazy. And I'm just I'm just amazed. So it was just the beginning of us seeing the Lord provide in these in a mattress, in a car seat, in um, clothes for children that were fostering that came with nothing, and just his goodness. But there's there's so many ways. Any anytime we run into people who say we don't really have the money to adopt, or we don't, you know, the funds, and and so we we are always quick to say at the end of the day, God is faithful. And if, and if he wants this adoption to happen, he's going to provide the funding. That's just how he works. So we've seen it in small ways and huge ways, and it's a blessing. So, Laura, can you tell us how people can connect with you who are interested in hearing more about your story or just becoming your friend on social media? You bet. You bet. I'm mostly on Instagram and you can catch me. It's Laura Steele, but it's underscore Laura underscore Steele underscore. (laughs) Why are there so many Laura Steeles? I don't know. But yeah, I would love to talk to anyone who's interested or has questions about any of the things we talked about. You can just direct message me and I'd love to love to talk with you. Awesome. I'll put that in the show notes too. So thanks so much for joining us. Check out our show notes at 127worldwide.org forward slash simply 127 podcast. And tune in next time to learn how others tangibly live out James 127 every day.